0: On today's episode of Locked On Oilers, the Heritage Classic returns to Edmonton. We will talk about some potential suitors for the Edmonton Oilers to play in that one. Plus, there's some rumors going around the Edmonton Oilers and some defensemen. We will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your
1: Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers Podcast. I'm your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. Now on this one, we're going to talk about the return of the Heritage Classic. As it was announced today that the Heritage Classic will return to Edmonton for the first time. Since it was started, all the outdoor games started in the NHL 20 years ago, well at least 20 years ago when the event will start. So we will talk about that in a little bit, but also on today's episode, it sounds like the Oilers are shopping for a defenseman, and it could be because of Evan Bouchard. We will talk about that a little later on, as it sounds like there's some interesting names out there for the Edmonton Oilers. And we will wrap up today's episode with our Bakersfield Condors report. There's a lot to talk about. From the Bakersfield Condors. We will talk about that and so much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcasts. Alrighty, let's get into the Heritage Classic. As it has been announced that the Edmonton Oilers in the city of Edmonton will be hosting the 2023 Heritage Classic for the first time since the idea was conceptualized by the Edmonton Oilers back in 2003. I remember exactly where I was during that day. My father went with my godfather and watched the game, and I believe it was feeling like minus 50 weather at least. I was with my grandfather, wasn't old enough, but still watched the game. Either way, the Edmonton Oilers took on the Montreal Canadiens back then and sounded like the idea was, well... A little half-baked at the time, or at least not fully uh, finished. At least not what the idea was for uh, uh, La Forge and the Edmonton Oilers. As they initially had this Heritage Classic game, at least with the idea of it being an alumni game. Then as they continued to, to bring their minds together and he decided, why not? Let's just have it as the first outdoor game in the NHL, and as you know, the rest is history. Ever since then, we have had at least one outdoor game uh, in the NHL. It wasn't uh, 2004 was the lockout or 0405, 4 5 or whatever that was. Um, and then we continued on with, I believe the next one was 2008 or 2007. But either way, in October of 2023, NHL hockey will return... Commonwealth Stadium. Yes, isn't that shocking to say? Uh, Either way, it sounds like uh, they were trying to figure out when to do this game. It sounded like, actually, the Edmonton Elks had the Commonwealth. Well, if you know Edmonton, you know the Elks will have Commonwealth. But they do have some weekends booked up for the uh, West Final. We all know the Elks aren't making it there if you follow the Elks. But either way, it's nice to hope Uh, But this is why we are getting it in October. Now, the other thing about October, if you were in Edmonton in October, for a very long time in October, it was quite warm. So a little, well, warm in regards to Edmonton. So it'll be interesting to see how the ice kind of uh, figures itself out for Edmonton. and It'll be just nice to see outdoor hockey back in Edmonton. Now... A couple of things to uh, still hash out is A, we don't know who the Edmonton Oilers will be playing in this outdoor game yet. However, the Forge said that once he, and the Forge was the uh, team president, if I'm not mistaken, at the time of uh, the first Heritage Classic. He said the team or the people or whoever got the short end of the stick was the Calgary Flames because it seemed like it was natural. That the Calgary Flames should be the first team the Edmonton Oilers face in an outdoor game. However, if you do recall, it was the Edmonton Oilers versus the Montreal Canadiens. So, the Calgary Flames seem pretty upset. Either way, the Flames ended up getting an outdoor game. So, wow, wow, oh wow. But, it seems like the favorites right now for this game is the Calgary Flames which would make up probably for only three games this year of the Battle of Alberta after we finally got a playoff series between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. I don't know if you ever heard of the Battle of Alberta. but That seems like the favorite right now for the Heritage Classic. Now... I have two other names here that we could potentially see the Edmonton Oilers play in the uh, uh, Heritage Classic. The first name just being a straight-up rematch from the 2003 uh, Heritage Classic between the Edmonton Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens. Maybe we'll see. I think that would be a nice little... Nod to the first ever outdoor game in the NHL, which happened obviously in 2003 between the Edmonton Oilers and Saku Koivu's. Montreal Canadiens, oh Jose Theodore with the toque, what a time! Why, why not get whoever the goaltender of the time for for Montreal, if it's Jake Allen or Samuel Montembeau, get them to put the 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 on, it would just be classic. Uh, the other name I have here now, the Oilers played the Winnipeg Jets a couple of years ago in their Heritage Classic. I don't think Vancouver would really be make a lot of sense. Ottawa wouldn't really make a lot of sense. You know, you know who would? Maybe just a little bit of sense. Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's have McDavid and Matthews play it out, duke it out outside. Let's see how that kid from Arizona can take on in Alberta October. Huh? How about that? Let's get a Toronto versus Edmonton Heritage Classic at Commonwealth. I, I, I dig it. Why not? Uh, what do you guys think? Who do you think the Edmonton Oilers will play in the first Heritage Classic in Edmonton since 2003? Again, it seems like the favorites will be the Calgary Flames. Could we see a rematch of the first ever one or could we get McDavid versus Matthews? I don't know. We shall see. Uh, The other thing to this is that there will be obviously an alumni game as there always is to these outdoor games, but who will be in it? It seems like at least the word from Jason Greger recently is that the alumni in this game will probably be of the younger generation, or at least a generation that, uh, or at least uh, the group of players, excuse me, that uh, the younger generation will recognize. Guys like Ryan Smith, Jason Smith, maybe even Doug Wade. Could we see Bill Guerin in there with Doug Wade? I don't know. Dwayne Rolison. Uh Could we even see Chris Pronger? We've seen a lot of Chris Pronger on on uh, Sportsnet, and we've seen him all over social media recently. So, hmm. Wonder if you'd be open to playing. Would the Oilers fans and the Oilers organization be open to having uh, Chris Pronger play? Now, also, how about Sean Horkoff, Ethan Morrow? I don't know, but I'm getting pretty excited uh, to see. Who do you think, as well, that the Edmonton Oilers alumni team will have on it? Now, as well, another thing to remember is that means the Edmonton Oilers will get specialty jerseys for that one. I can't wait to see which era the Oilers decide to go with. Are they going to have a nod to the first team that played outside? Are they going to go way, way back? I don't know. Still a lot to be hashed out with the Heritage Classic. But as it was announced today, the Heritage Classic will return to Edmonton and to Commonwealth Stadium in October 2023, as the Edmonton Oilers will host the 2023 Heritage Classic, as mentioned at Commonwealth Stadium. Now, there's a matter of who may be playing in that game come October 2023, as the Edmonton Oilers are looking to bolster their defensive lineup, as Evan Bouchard was benched last night against the Washington Capitals, and there's been a lot of conversation over some pretty interesting names. Let's take a look at some of those interesting names in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked On Oilers, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Oilers listeners. 40% off of a new security system. But don't put this off. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if a threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Plus, with 24-7 professional monitoring service, costs less than uh, under $1 a day, which is less than half the price of traditional home security systems. And with the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system or disarm or arm your door, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or just adjust the system settings. You can do that all, anytime, anywhere, with the Simply Safe app. Don't miss your chance today to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com/lockedonnhl today. That's it. That is simplysafe.com/lockedonnhl. There's no safe
1: like Simply Safe. Alrighty, let's
0: move on to a couple of trades. I have, I've got two boards here, people. I've got a lot of notes. I've done my research here. As it seems like the Edmonton Oilers are in the market for a new defenseman. That's not really news to most people. But, especially after what happened with Evan Bouchard, it seems like there may be a little bit of uh, an urgency, maybe, to find a new defenseman for the Oilers.
1: And the interesting thing is, Darren Drager of TSN has linked the Edmonton Oilers to a very interesting name. And we know of the Jacob Chickrins in the world, John Klingbergs of the world as well.
0: But Darren Drager on TSN today suggested the Edmonton Oilers might be interested in Eric Carlson from the San Jose Sharks. Now, the Edmonton Oilers have also been in the news recently that they may be linked to Joel Edmondson, so I'm going to break down three of those targets, Eric Carlson, Joel Edmondson, and Jacob Chikrin. Who's going to be the best fit for the Oilers? Well, let's go player by player here. Let's start off with the biggest name of the lot. And that's Eric Carlson, who, once again, Darren Drager, did link the Oilers to today. Now, Eric Carlson currently has an $11.5 million cap hit and has a contract all the way up until 2026. Now, what's obvious about Eric Carlson is that, well... A, he's injury-prone. B, he's 32 years old. And C, as that contract expires,
1: he's going to be, oh, well, almost 40. Sorry? Almost 40?
0: Eric Carlson this year in uh, 28 games has 11 goals, 23 assists, 34 points, which is actually a point less than what he accumulated all of last season with the San Jose Sharks in 50 games. In 50 games last year, 10 goals, 25 assists, 35 points.
1: Eric Carlson
0: has not been producing the way that he used to be and B, producing at the clip that the San Jose Sharks traded their basically entire future for. Eric Carlson's career high in points came in uh, 2015-2016. played all 82 games in that season. 16 goals, 66 assists. Good for 82 points. A point per game player. In 2014-2015. Or in 2015-2016, excuse me. Now, I mentioned 2014-2015 because in that year... He scored 21 goals, which was his career high. Now, again, if you've been listening to this show for a little while, you know I'm not exactly a math guy. But 2014, 2015, and 2015, 2016 were a long time ago when we talk about uh, hockey players. Can Eric Carlson help? Yeah, for sure. He is uh, a top-end defenseman. But are you willing to pay $11.5 million until 2026, 2027 for an aging Eric Carlson? Now, the thing is, if you do trade for Eric Carlson, A, there's going to have to be salary retained, and B, well, B, also a a, a contract going the other way, so Pulley, RV, Yamamoto, a a Fogel, a Barry, whatever that may be. But C there could be a third team that needs to get involved to eat even more of that contract. Then the Edmonton Oilers would have to trade with that team to then take on the contract and trade a prospect or a player or a pick or whatever that is to then get uh, uh, Eric Carlson. So the Edmonton Oilers aren't only trading with the San Jose Sharks, they're then trading with this third
1: team. So there's an issue there. Let's
0: move on to Jacob Chikrin, who's uh, coming off of a tough injury. He has now, as it was reported on a recent broadcast of the Arizona Coyote, has changed his diet to one that includes eating raw heart, I believe, like cattle, cow heart.
1: Raw meat. Hey.
0: Liver King can uh, do it all natural, wink, wink, nod, nod, so can Jacob Chikrin. Either way, Jacob Chikrin's at a much easier price point for the Edmonton Oilers, and he has a modified no-trade clause that kicks in next year. Plus, they will also have him under their control until 2024-2026, and in seven games this year, he has three goals, three assists, six points.
1: Eh? Eh? Jacob Chickren's also bigger, he's younger, he's only 24 years old, eight years younger than Eric Carlson.
0: And you're sitting here, and you're going, okay, he's younger, he's at a cheaper price point, can do different things, different things. I'm not saying better things than Eric Carlson, different things. He's bigger, he can skate, he can hit. I mean, obviously, Eric Carlson can hit or uh, skate, excuse me, but you know, in his career in 2020, 2021, his career high in the career shorter in the shortened season, excuse me, in 56 games, Chikrin had 18 goals, 23
1: assists, and 41 points.
0: He can produce offensively. He's very solid in his own end, which we will get to in a little bit. Right now, I'm kind of
1: leaning towards Chickering. Now,
0: the third name on here, the Edmonton Oilers have been linked to for a little bit here. And Aperin Basu, who is a uh, a beat reporter for the Montreal Canadiens, reported that the apparent price point for Joel Edmondson, yes, Joel
1: Edmondson, would be a second or a third round pick. I, believe it or not, I'm not done. Yes, RV, Hold on to your seats because I'm still not done. And Xavier Borgo. The Edmonton Oilers' first-round pick from 2022. Hey, or uh, from 2021, excuse me.
0: Quick, uh, quick note, the Edmonton Oilers are the only team in the NHL to have all 10 of their last 10 first-round picks still in their organization. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is in there. Uh, next was Darnell Nurse. Then Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid. Who was 2016? Yes, Apoli Yorvi. 2017 was uh, Kyler Yamamoto. Or is he 2018? He was 2018. Who was 2017? F- no, yes. 2017 was uh, um, uh Yamamoto. 2018 was Bouchard, 2019 was Broberg, 2020 was Holloway, 2021 was uh, Borgo, and 2022 was Reed Schaefer. All 10 of those players, as I stuttered through them, are still in the Edmonton Oilers organization. So I don't think the Edmonton Oilers are willing to move one of those first-round picks in Xavier Borgo for Joel Edmondson. I'm sorry, but that is just outrageous. If, if, if that's what Basu or if that's what the, the Montreal Canadiens think they're going to get for Joel Edmondson, holy, the stuff in Quebec is strong. Holy!
1: Where can we get that in Alberta? Now, this is
0: why I react like this. In 15 games this year, Joel Edmondson, one goal, one assist, two points. His career high. Now, again, he's a defensive defenseman, fair enough. But his career high. 68 games, 7 goals, 13 assists, good for 20 points. 20 points. Chickering had 23 assists in 2020-2021 and 66 assists for Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson has 23 assists
1: just this year. Joel Edmondson put up those
0: numbers in 2019-2020 when he was with the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Edmonton Oilers would only have him until the end of 2023-2024. A year shorter than Jacob Chikorin, who is younger than Edmondson. And a decade shorter than what they would have with Eric Carlson. Now, that was just one board. The other board tells you the advanced stats for these players. And where they would sit
1: on the Edmonton Oilers today.
0: And this is where you sit here, especially with Joel Edmondson, and you go, how in all things that are holy could Joel Edmondson be worth that much? Well, you know, my favorite stat is the goals for and goals against per 60 minutes. In all situations, at 5-on-5, we're going to go into the power play and on the penalty kill.
1: Is Joel Edmondson. At goals
0: 4 per 60 minutes, again, he's a uh, a defensive defenseman, so a little bit of a a tough stat. In all situations, he would sit 14th on the team with goals 4 per 60 minutes at 1.85. At 5-on-5, he would be 10th with 2.37, and he doesn't even touch the power play.
1: Now, in all situations, goals
0: against per 60 minutes in all situations, he would sit 23rd, second last on the Edmonton Oilers for goals against per 60 minutes in all situations. Only above Brad Malone.
1: Then at 5-on-5, Joel Edmondson would sit dead last for the Edmonton Oilers
0: at a 4.32. Hmm. So he doesn't score. He doesn't produce when he's on the ice. He can't prevent when a puck goes in his own end or in in his own goal, and he can't uh, evidently play defense. He got kicked out against the Oilers for a stupid cross-check to the head on Zach Hyman. Where is the appeal? Where is a second or a third plus Yessa plus plus uh, Xavier Borgo? Oh, by the way, Yessa is also a first-round pick of the
1: Edmonton Oilers. I'm sorry?
0: Now, the only thing that he would be good at is on the penalty kill for the Edmonton Oilers where he would sit second on one of the worst penalty kills in the NHL. Only above or only below, excuse me, Kyler Yamamoto, who has been hurt for majority of the season so far, he has a 4.3 goals against per 60 minutes there at uh, shorthanded. Now let's take a look at Eric Carlson and Jacob Chikrin. In all situations, Eric Carlson would be seventh on the team for goals for per 60 minutes, which would sit seventh on the team. Above, well, Darnell Nurse, Evan Bouchard, Cody Ceci, Brett Kulak, Marcus Nimalainen, who's not on the team right now, but you know where I'm going with that, Yamamoto, Fogel, just to name a few. He would also sit first on the Edmonton Oilers when it came to goals for per 60 minutes at 5-on-5, five five, where, well, you start and normally end the game. Where you play the most amount of time at 5-on-5 is where uh, uh, Eric Carlson thrives. Now, here's the thing. Eric Carlson plays on a really bad San Jose Sharks team. So, let's be real here. His goals against per 60 would be much different than a team like the Montreal Canadiens, who's having a pretty decent season so far, or the Arizona Coyotes, who's also, weirdly enough, having a decent season so far. Eric Carlson, however, would sit third on the Edmonton Oilers' penalty kill when it comes to goals against per 60 minutes. Only below Kyler Yamamoto and Matthias Janmark. He would be the highest-rated defenseman on the
1: penalty kill for the Edmonton Oilers, which is an issue. And he's 32.
0: Now, for Jacob Chikrin, he would be... uh, the best player out of all of these three. Uh, 3.52 goals, four per 60 minutes. In all situations, you'd sit seventh on the team. In all situations, goals against per 60, a 1.85, which is third on the team, only below Clem Coston and Devin Shore. So basically first especially above all the Edmonton Oilers defensemen. Then at 5-on-5, he would sit fourth in goals four. Goals four. So the amount of goals the Oilers would produce. Goals four per 60 minutes at 5-on-5, he would sit uh, fourth on the team with an even three. And that is below Zach Hyman, Leon Drysidel, and uh, I believe that's Tyson Berry. Uh yeah. Above Connor McDavid. Uh, pfft, excuse me, above Darnell Nurse, above Evan Bouchard, above Broberg, above all of these names. Keep going. He's above all of them. Then you would sit third at goals against per 60 minutes at five on five for the Edmonton Oilers at a measly 1.4. 1.4 goals against per 60 minutes for a guy who plays an insane amount of time and would probably be in the top four for the Edmonton Oilers. Ah, not probably, would be in the top four for the Edmonton Oilers. He would only be below, guess who again, Devin Shore and Coston. Oh, Then when it comes to the power play, He would be ninth on the team, which is actually uh, second last, so that is probably where the the time runs out for him. But the Edmonton Oilers also have Tyson Berry, Evan Bouchard, Darnell Nurse, where those players could step up there. And then on the penalty kill, where the Edmonton Oilers are in the bottom, bottom of the league, let's just be real here, he would be first on the Edmonton Oilers in goals against per 60 minutes with no goals against shorthanded. Zero, none, zilch, zip, nada, nil. Now, yes, he's only played a, a certain amount of time because he was hurt and is just coming back, but that tells you something. So, again, the three options right now, there's also John Klingberg that we didn't talk about, but the three options additionally from Klingberg... Eric Carlson, as Darren Dreger has tagged the Edmonton Oilers with, Jacob uh, Chikorin, as everybody knows about since basically two years ago, and Joel Edmondson. Where are you leaning? Me, personally, I'm going towards Chikorin. He's cheaper, he's younger, you can have him under control. And you can also develop him alongside Darnell Nurse, Evan Bouchard, uh, 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 Philip Broberg. Then you can have those other younger players coming up like Philip Kemp, uh, uh, Michael Kesslering, whatever that may be, Marcus Niemelainen. And you could have a pretty solid defensive core. Put him next to Kulak, that would be pretty dope. I don't know. What do you think? What would you do if you were the Edmonton Oilers, and who would you lean towards? Uh, Let's wrap up today's episode with the Bakersfield Condors report. It's uh, a tough week, a tough start to the month or the Bakersfield Condors, as they lose again today. We will talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen today. Now for your second listen, make sure you tune in to Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you find your podcasts. righty, once again, let's wrap up today's episode with the Bakersfield Condors Report. And this month, eh, they're starting 0-3. Yeah, 0-3. As uh, they started off on Saturday uh, against the Colorado Eagles. They lost 5-4 to four. It was a close one They came back almost Came back and tied it again and, and won it But they couldn't As Seth Griffith got his fourth goal of the season To uh, kickstart the uh, Condors offense Luke Esposito getting his sixth assist of the year and Phil Kemp you're gonna hear a lot about this guy in this report getting his fifth assist of the year and Kemp wasn't done there as uh, Justin Bailey scored his third goal as a Bakersfield Condor this year for the second goal of the game for the Condors as uh, uh, Rimshaw. Rimshaw, he's a new addition for the uh, Bakersfield Condors as well, getting his first assist of the season on Bailey's goal. And Philip Kemp once again chipping in in this one, his sixth of the year there. Then the Edmonton, Oil- Edmonton Oilers, there you go. Uh, uh, Bakersfield Condors, excuse me, kept chipping back against the uh, Colorado Eagles uh, as uh, U of A, alum Noah Philp got his third goal of the year Graham McPhee with his fourth assist on that one and Jason Demers his seventh of the season, uh, getting the secondary assist in that one. And so close, but just that far away. Is the, uh, the Bakersfield Condors uh, get their fourth goal from Tyler Tulio. His fourth of the year with uh, Michael Kesselring getting his third assist of the year as well. And uh, Luke Esposito tying the knot on his second point in that one, his seventh of the season, as mentioned, the uh, Bakersfield Condors went on to lose that one five to four, and they would play Colorado again today. However, in between those games, the uh, Bakersfield Condors went to Ontario, California, to play the Ontario rain. And that didn't go to plan as uh, they lose 5-2 in that one. Xavier Borgo scoring both goals in that game. His 6th and 7th of the year. His 6th and 7th of his professional career. And one of those was an absolute short-handed beauty from his own end. He ended up uh, on a breakaway beating the defenseman and scoring in a beauty as mentioned. He Both of those goals coming in the third period for uh, Borgo in that one, and as mentioned, they played the Colorado Eagles once again today, as uh, it seemed like it was a a student night for uh, the Condors, their student day, basically, uh, where the students were able to come and get uh, a nice free game in uh, for that one, but unfortunately for The students and for the Bakersfield Condors, the Condors would go on to lose this one. As Graham McPhee scoring his first goal of the season, they lose 2-1 to in that one. Almost pulled it off, almost came back, but couldn't do it as the Colorado Eagles went on to take the lead only 19 seconds later. Uh, on that McFeegle, goal, uh, Seth Griffith getting his 15th assist on the year and Marcus Niemelainen with his second assist on the year. Now, uh, let's take a look at the stats for the Condors. There's a lot of very interesting things going on down in Bakersfield right now. Uh, I'm, I'm just getting up this stat here from Olivier Rodrigue. As right now, Olivier Rodrigue, is the best young goalie in the AHL right now? This is from uh, this is from actually uh, not a meme account, but uh, meme Mom- Kyler meme a Moto uh, tweeted this out. But this is based on fact. He is now up to a .922 save percentage, which is good for sixth in the AHL, and nobody in the top ten of the AHL is even close to as young as he is. I know there's a lot of talk surrounding the defense, or the goaltending, excuse me. Personally, I would leave it be, let him have a season, whatever. But that's good to know, because Olivier (sighs) Rodriguez... A late bloomer is beyond the word I would use here. He was able to play, I believe he was, on the Canadian World Juniors team a couple of years ago. Well, a couple of years ago. He's 24 years old, so about four or five years ago. Uh, He didn't play too much, but uh, I believe he was like the third string goalie in that one. Uh, either way, let's ch- check out the other stats as well for the skaters in this one. Seth Griffith leading all of uh, Bakersfield Condor skaters in points with 19 as uh, Michael Kesselring and Xavier Borgo are tied for second with 11. James Hamblin, who's currently up with the big squad, is tied with Phil Kemp and Luke Esposito with 9 points there. Heading over to the goals it is a very surprising leader in this one as Michael Kesselring Russell still leading the Bakersfield Condors in goals this year with eight. Xavier Borgo just trailing him, though, with seven goals for himself. And then it kind of dips off a little bit of Seth Griffith. And Tyler Tulio are tied with uh, four uh, for third. And James Hamblin and Phil Camp, along with a couple others as well, are tied on three. Then with the assist, Seth Griffith, this is where he picks up 15 assists on the year for Griffith as he has four goals on the year as well. Luke Esposito, seven assists for him. He had a very good camp as well. Uh, Not shocked that it was Hamblin getting the call up, but if we were to see another forward get called up, Wouldn't be surprised if it was Esposito or Borgo. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Jason Demers also has seven assists on the year. James Hamblin and Phil Kemp are tied with six, which are actually tied for third right now. And Xavier Borgo with four assists on the year. Uh, Bakersfield Condors, hopefully they can start to pick it up a little bit here. But also a quick little note. Raphael Lavoie, which is was uh, the Edmonton Oilers' second-round pick, and I believe it was 2019. That would have been uh, the same year as Ilya Konovalov. <laughs> um, but he was scratched for the second of three games, and I believe it was his second in a row that he was uh, scratched for Bakersfield. A little concerning right now because, well, Second round pick, I'm not going to lie, when I was watching Borgo, or Borgo, uh, Lavoie play, did I say Xavier Borgo or did I say Raphael Lavoie? Raphael Lavoie was the name I meant to say there. There there goes my mind. The World Cup has been going on for 17 days. That's where I'm at. But, either way, uh, Raphael Lavoie has been... Riding pine is one way to put it, as he is uh, knocked out of the second. I'm just trying to find this tweet once again here. But uh, he was out uh, once again for uh, the Bakersfield Condors. It's concerning because second-round pick, I wasn't a big fan of his in his draft year because I wasn't sure how his game would translate to the pros. And right now, that is truly been the big issue for Raphael Lavoie. Uh, Some people call him lazy. Uh, I don't know if that's a good word for it, but... Yeah, no, just not very good. Can't find the tweet here. I think I spelled his name wrong. But either way, uh, not good looking for the Oilers here as maybe another tough draft pick goes to the wayside. Either way, let's wrap it up there from today's episode. The Edmonton Oilers are back in action against Jacob Chickrens, Arizona Coyotes, tomorrow night at Rogers Place. 7.30 buck drop local here in Edmonton. Hopefully the Oilers can get a win there. I hope to see you again tomorrow before or after that one. I haven't decided yet, I believe, before. Actually, the game's too late, so I shall see you before puck drop in that one. Either way, hopefully at the end of that one, we can play La Bomba, baby.